Welcome, Guardians, to July 24th and 25th, 2016. You're listening to Ghost Stories, a Destiny podcast. <laughs> this is episode 33, and we're finally wrapping up our look at the exotic weapons in-game with heavy metal weapons. This may end up a two-parter since Sherb is convinced we're going to spend at least an hour on Thunderlord. Meh, let's find out. Wow. Hey. Wow. <laughs> it's X-Ray. What's going on? Uh, yeah. With me today, I've got uh, Scrub Pop. Oh, wait. (laughs) Shrub Pop. I like Scrub Pop better. Sure, how's it going? (laughs) Good. (laughs) All right. Scrub Pop officially now, yep. Good. There you go. The notes show it, so it is so. Yep. So what's up? What's been going on? Uh, not not much this week. We're really close to getting the mountaintop finally nice. done. Nice. I got I got mine done. I know I'm you happy. did. I'm jealous, but <laughs> I'm I'm really close now. I've got the mountaintop, so just that to go. Nice. Having fun in Iron. That's Banner. not bad. Yeah. It's not bad because all you gotta do is just play a lot, even if you don't win. Yeah. So you'll get it. Yeah. Well, that's that's great. I like I said, I got mine, and my moments of triumph for year two are complete, and I am happy and. Got to play some Iron Banner and not worry about stuff, and it's fun. So, we also have Dabble Wabble, Dabble Wabble, Gabble with us. What's going on, man? Not too much. I have played zero games of Iron Banner. Yes. And I'm nowhere near the mountaintop. But I've played some Dark Souls and a lot of Pokemon Go. Yeah. Same here with the whole Pokemon Go thing. Yeah. Huh. So, I've, 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 uh, I've been using this PokeVision thing, which some people think is cheating, and I don't care. Is that the whole using that other app to find out where... It's like it's a website, yeah. Oh. You just put in your location, and it just shows you where all the Pokemon near you are, and gives you a timer for how long they're going to what? exist. What? How come I didn't hear about this thing? <laughs> That's great. They did the same thing that in Ingress. is crazy. <laughs> oh, man. Well, and you know what? It's cheating, but if they fix the three-step bug and I can actually track them again in the game the way it's intended to, I'll stop using it. Yeah, so there you go. That's, that's annoying. Fix, fix your game, and I won't cheat at it anymore. It's not cheating. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is. Well, the whole then, point of the game is to wander around and find Pokemon, right? Well, then, okay. So if if you think if that's cheating, what about uh, all those websites that tell you when the uh, public events are happening in Destiny. Would that be cheating? No, that's totally different. No, it's not. It's telling you <laughs> it when a thing's happening and at different. what time, and that's what this First is of doing. All, no, no. This yeah. Is, I mean, yeah. It's not no, cheating. It's the same. You still it's not, same not even close to the same. It's same not even thing. close to the same. Yeah, it is. Okay, this war set is going to drop at this time in this field. Go get it. <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're going to talk about that in this episode. Are too. we? Oh, cool. Well, then also, then then the flip side is, there's Pikachu. He's going to be in this field right now for this amount of time. Go get him. What's the difference? I wish there was a Pikachu nearby. I'd go get it. <laughs> I got a Pikachu. It's not, it's not cheating because you still have to go out and get it. It's not like you can just grab them off your computer from their website. Sure, that would be cheating. But I'm not having to like walk around and and find things using the what the game is giving you. I'm just able to go. Oh, if I hop in my car and drive three blocks that way, I get to catch a Pokemon I've never found before. Oh. Sweet. Is that, 
Is that like people who are hatching eggs by putting their phone on toy trains and just driving them in circles? <laughs> and on ceiling fans and on record players and on, and yeah, there's all so, sorts of hacks for that. Or on yeah. jungle gym swings. Why is there not like a pet harness? I you just attach your phone that. to your dog oh, and let your dog idea. go run outside in the backyard. Hatch me a 10K egg, please. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guess who else is with us? Dish um, slap. Oh. I mean, drop slash. What's going on? Uh, not too much. I've been reading about more Pokemon Go hilarity. Although it's funny. So, like all the things we just talked about, right? But if you play the original Pokemon games, you're probably guilty of just like getting on your bike and riding back and forth, back and forth, back and forth just to hatch an egg. Like the things that we're doing in real life are directly mimicking what we used to do in the game. Do the exact same thing. <laughs> uh, and I have also played very little Iron Banner and I'm happy for it. <laughs> Be- <laughs> Because I worked really hard to get all my characters to a point where I didn't have to play Iron Banner to get anything that I wanted. Because I don't really like PvP all that much. So I had a good time playing. I got invited by some of my old... Some of the, the clan members from Uprising. And went in and, and played with them. And had a great time. I, I had, a, had a couple decent games. So I was, I was happy with my, with my performance. So I think the biggest thing for me... I think I've mentioned this before. Is that because I play so much with my brother... And he's so good at the crucible <laughs> that if I get paired with him, the skills bake, skills baked, yeah, s- skill based mm. matchmaking will drop me into a match where I am so insanely outclassed by the other people playing that I am just feeding the other team points. Like it's it's not. I want to play with my brother and have fun, but I can't play with my brother and have fun because of <laughs> the way that's set up. Yeah. So I, I get that. That's yeah. It's not fun getting demolished every match so all right uh that's our team for this evening and let's uh get this thing going with our announcements and thanks and uh i think we might have a couple exotic stories to talk about uh uh, over in our slack chat we've got flatnik and kex they uh came up with this idea to have a screenshot contest based on our exploration channel because we've been a lot of people in that exploration channel go around and and are taking scenery view screenshots and and looking at new or not new areas but areas that are kind of ignored and there are occasionally some new little emblems found and and things that might point to uh the history of a specific area so anyway they uh any anyone anyone can enter well how's that work let's see even non-slackers Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it says it right there. Anyone can enter, even non-slackers. I don't know how you enter. Let's see if they, they have it here in the... There's a Twitter hashtag. Oh, cool. So your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to take a selfie with a wizard in the game of Destiny. Oh, this, I should read these things. The screenshot <laughs> must feature your guardian, be HUDless, and include at least one visible wizard to count for entry. Any wizard, hive mother morph, will work. From the lowest to the exalted, it's up to you. So there we go. Where was the hashtag thing? Um, yeah, it's no. not in there. <laughs> no, it's in the it's description. In the description. In the actual, in the actual channel. Yeah. Oh. Well, who's got that? What's the hashtag? I'll tell you in one second <laughs> as I jump back into the exploration. So, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm really disappointed that it actually specified Destiny because I was really planning on submitting a Dark Souls screenshot, but now I can't because you said Destiny. <laughs> oh, I didn't. All right. I just read it. 
Screenshots may be taken with your console of choice, but no mobile phone entries will be allowed. Uh, screenshots must follow the rules that we just laid out. Uh, any form of image manipulation is strictly forbidden. Uh, you can use the email dgs.competition at gmail.com to submit your entry, or you can use the hashtag and tweet at dghoststories. Uh, use the, what is the hashtag? Um. Oh, it must just be dgscompetition. Yep. Okay. So, now it so is. A, now it is. That's what we said on the show. There's a, link, there's a link to a public file that could go in the show notes, right? Yes, there is. Cool. Yeah, I'll put it in the show notes. Yep. So there we go. That's the the contest. Man, we need to work these things out a little better, I think. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it'll be fun. And I thought we were putting together maybe a little prize. I don't remember. Uh, I know they were. Was it determined about it. if if Taken Wizards are acceptable? I think, I think, I think it says are. any. It says any wizard. Yeah. Any, any wizard, wizard will work. So does so. that mean if I pull out my 77 wizard fusion rifle, that counts? <laughs> if you have one, I will come to your house and steal it. Because <laughs> I miss that thing. That was my favorite. I'm going to do mine with Gandalf. And it's made by... <laughs> it's made by Gaunt. That's his name? I think. Yeah, the other, the other gunsmith. Yes. So, All right, so we've got a couple corrections and clarifications and i think drop likes to do these so go for it well one of the clarifications one of the things that uh nightmare ian and flat nick both pointed out was that we didn't mention the black hammer rune that was designed so when you break down black hammer now you get a rune that has a very specific uh image on it the rune image on it and that was intended to be a map to the black spindle which is the exotic sniper we talked about in the last episode uh but they also point out that the entire community also overlooked that <laughs> because Spindle, <laughs> the Spindle challenge was stumbled onto accidentally and not actually found using the hammer rune. But so that was a thing. There's a lot of people talking about the uncut glimmer crystals thing. <laughs> uh, and we have some pretty interesting conversations in our Slack chat about the possibility of glimmer forming into a crystalline shape, sort of quote unquote naturally. Uh, just as its its raw sort of form. Although my counter to that is that the, or they would talk about the Royal Amethyst, which is an item you used to get from Prison of Elders, has description, shards of rare glimmer-laced gems uh, from the Queen's, Queen's Crystal Barrows. So the gems are glimmer-laced, not necessarily made of glimmer, so there's still some confusion around uncut glimmer crystals. <laughs> Maybe maybe it's just an uncut crystal that happens to have glimmer inside it. We don't know. So, <clears throat> so those are the only two two big things. Otherwise, uh, seems like a pretty well received uh, episode. I think we have some stories here, including one about uh, our killer queen. Well, our first uh, our first exotic uh, story comes from. One of our friends over on Twitter and from the Slack chat, Lanky T, uh, he actually lives somewhat near me, um, more so than anyone else that I've met in game, I think. So, says, hello boys and Sherbert Pop. So it was the eve of, April, of the April update and I had saved up a plethora of exotic engrams to offer up to the blue-faced bastard Raul. <laughs> oh, the troll would give me what I, oh, wait, oh, the troll would give me what I wanted since I read the overviews and of the exclusive sniper rifle. I went to bed that night dreaming of Zen Meteor, praying to RN Jesus that 
it would come it would come into my bog wild <laughs> cladded clutches oh man tongue twisters galore <laughs> the alarm went off that morning the dogs were fed and let outside to do their morning duties I hopped onto my PlayStation and went to go visit the blueberry-faced jerk. My palms were sweaty. As I approached the hooded fellow, my heart began to race, thinking of what was to come. The adrenaline finally began to kick in. It was like David Freeze in the 2011 World Series. The first pitch was thrown. It was invective. Strike one. The second. It was Telesto. Strike two. Finally, down to my last strike. I quickly decrypted the engram and was awarded the fourth horseman. I sighed in despair, yet I had one more chance. The cryptarch gave me a purple engram. I reluctantly pushed the button on my last try. There it was, in all its beautiful glory, the Zen meteor was in my hands. I was so excited that I woke up my wife. It probably wasn't the smartest move I ever move ever, yet <laughs> it was well deserved. The Zen meteor has not left my hunter's hand since I have had it. I hope that one day soon that Zer will sell sell it to everyone on the Xbox. It is not a game it's not game breaking, but it's very, very, very fun. I love the show, guys. Can't wait for the next episode. Thanks, Lanky T. Uh and man, that is a good story and man, that luck. <laughs> Jeez. I can't remember the last time I got an exotic from a purple. So I can. I think I got peregrine greaves yesterday from purple boots. Yeah. <laughs> What do you mean? The the weekly heroic modifier are Brawler and Airborne. The only thing missing is the only thing missing is Arcburn to make uh, Peregrine Greaves the most OP exotic in the game. (laughs) Fine. God, I've had so much fun this week in Heroic Strikes with Sunbreaker Titan because if you put on the whatever it's called the sun smash perk where you smash people with your hammer uh if you Uh, jump and use it you do a flaming aerial knee and it gets both the bonuses from brawler and airborne plus it gets the bananas damage of uh hammer of souls it's awesome i just you can just (laughs) like i i charged omnigul and backed her right into the the back of her little bridge and just knee struck her to death it was so funny that's hilarious yeah. All right. If you're hearing this, it's too late to do that, but mm. if those perks come around again, fire up your sunbreakers. <laughs> All right. What's uh who wants to take this next one? <clears throat> I got it. Do it. All right. So the last word was not my first exotic, but I do have a great story. I was going through the quest for the chaperone and having the worst time getting the kills. That was until I jumped into a game of control on blue. I was having the game of my life. I was eighteen and oh. I was freaking out, the voice in my head screaming, unbroken, unbroken. Then it happened. Destiny crashed. I mean, WTF just happened. (laughs) Crashed and took me completely out of the game. I reload the game to check my progress. None. I check the app. It doesn't even show up. So, (laughs) that's so awful. I know. Oh, so in the one game that I completely own everyone doesn't even exist except for the memory I have from that epic night. <laughs> oh, man. That's terrible. I feel really bad for that guy. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Derek. I SRL'd my way to Chaperone, so. <laughs> I don't have a good story about that one. 
<laughs> TX, TX Rado on PlayStation. I wonder if he got it. I wonder if he's got it since then. I hope so. Man. Yeah. I probably would have just put my controller down and karate chopped it at that point. <laughs> uh, I, I was reading, I'm reading this. I'm like, I'm screaming, I'm broken, I'm broken. Then it happened. I'm like, oh, he actually went unbroken. That's an amazing story. <laughs> yeah, cool story, bro. Oh, God, it isn't. <laughs> All right, what do we got next here? We got this uh, this exact story about... Who's reading this novel? I can if uh, you want, because I haven't read one yet. Go for it. Okay, first off, I just wanted to thank you all for the work you do. I found you guys a week before the Bungie feature, and I've listened to every episode multiple times. I've even force-fed your podcast to my clan to try and get them more interested in the lore. Work in progress, but it's getting there. Haha. <laughs> yeah, I understand that with my, my normal team. Um, anyway, my exotic story goes like this. I bought my PS4 Destiny bundle the week of the Queen's Wrath. With little to no interest in Destiny for the entire year before its release, I wasn't really sure what to expect. Never played the alpha or beta, play, played it all. A couple co-workers bought it at launch, convinced me to grab it and play with them. Neither one of them play anymore. So while trying to get my level up so I can actually do Nightfall and Heroics with them, I was grinding strikes for legendary engrams. Endless runs hoping for decent drops. Anyway, I drop in a strike and hear the most awesome gun I've heard in-game. I inspected the guy and saw Icebreaker. Envy ensues, and it became my only goal to own that gun. A few weeks later, I'm level 28 and running, or more accurately, struggling, with nightfalls with co-workers. My first nightfall completion results in Gallahorn being dropped. I thought it looked awesome, but it was an Icebreaker, so it just sat in the vault, barely upgraded and unused for a while. I wanted Icebreaker. A couple weeks later, and another nightfall run results in Icebreaker. The elation was quickly followed by jealousy from my teammates, but I didn't care. I had the only thing in the game that I wanted. It gets upgraded as fast as possible, and I enjoyed every minute of it. The sound, the explosions, the look, it was perfect. It went everywhere with me. Nightfall strikes my first Vault of Glass raid, which dropped me Hawkmoon and Vision of Confluence, and the occasional PvP match. I racked up almost 17,000 kills with it in year one, and the word that it wasn't going forward to year two was frustrating and depressing. My favourite exotic was rendered useless in any meaningful endgame PvE. I've moved on to other exotics and legendaries to use, but none of them compare to what Icebreaker did in year one for me. And that's my exotic story. Keep up the awesome work. I'll keep listening and posting your podcasts and links to my client's Facebook group. An invite to your Slack group will be awesome as well. <laughs> the shiny tyrant. Um, <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! <laughs> I love I love that he got Gallahorn first. <laughs> I know. First thing dropped That's and amazing. he's like, eh, not Icebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> not for me. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, and the Hawk Moon and Vision of Confluence in the yeah, first and then in the first vault of, <laughs> vault of Glass. I haven't got any of these. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm just going like Icebreaker, Galahorn, Hawkmoon, Vision of Confluence. I don't have any of these <laughs> these things. Oh man, RNG is not kind to me. I don't think I don't think I ever unequipped Vision of Confluence in year one. Maybe occasionally. God, that gun was so good. <laughs> I got I got Vision my first vault run. Yeah. It took me forever to get Fatebringer though. <laughs> well, speaking of Icebreaker, uh, I'm gonna read this line that I dug out of the Destiny uh, 2.0 weapons balance notes concerning Icebreaker because it was hilarious. 
uh, it says, Icebreaker. <clears throat> We've all done it. Hunker down in the back of a map with your lunchbox, picnic table, a sci-fi paperback, and icebreaker. Kill all the enemies, wait for more to show up, kill those ones too, put a few shots in the boss, make a sandwich, finish the strike, and then collect your reward that is not Hawkmoon and move on. <laughs> <laughs> that is great. Oh, you know what? I forgot to put this in the notes, but... Uh, Remember I was talking about the icebreaker and the red color and the red color on the icebreaker ships? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, after the episode aired and Pirate Danny gave us the play-by-play as she listened, which was actually pretty hilarious, <laughs> she uh, she travels a lot and she's been to a lot of places and the Antarctic is one of them and apparently she knows a little, a little bit about these icebreaker ships. And she said that the reason that they paint them this bright red color is is because while they're breaking through the ice, they have the crew members kind of hanging out around the, the, the edges of the ship looking down to watch for any possible damage to the hull. And they can spot that damage easier because of the, the contrast between the red and the, uh, I guess, the, the color underneath the, the paint job. And oh, nice. Yeah, and so, I mean, it, it definitely makes sense. And thanks to her for, for that info. I thought that was great. Awesome. Yeah. But, anywho, I always just think of the gun. I mean, the gum. <laughs> oh, icebreaker's gum. Icebreaker's yeah. gum. It's blue, and cold and hot at the same time. It's spicy, just like icebreaker. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about some exotic heavy metal weapons. Let's do it. What are we going to start about, with? Yeah, we're going to start with the most metal weapon in all of Destiny. I know that they. When we read some of the earlier entries, especially concerning Red Death, they wanted Red Death to be the most metal gun in the game. It's not. Thunderlord is the most metal gun in this game. <laughs> Far, by a long shot. By a huge yeah. long shot. Uh, this gun's awesome. It has a crazy long history that we're going to get into. Uh, so let's start off with Thunderlord. <clears throat> the flavor text reads, They rest quiet on fields afar, for this is no ending but the eye. Hymn of the Thunderlord. The grimoire reads, Customized with an experimental induction core, the Thunderlord is a heavy machine gun built for the delivery of sustained punishment. The weapon's history and mechanism are both shrouded in ritualistic awe. Each round fired is another word in the legend, and the guardians who bear the Thunderlord will be immortalized in song. Uh, yeah, so, uh, no ending, but for the eye, which is... A reference to hurricanes. I, if you grew up in the East Coast and are familiar with hurricanes, uh, yeah. they, can, they can be they can be terrifying. But also, when the eye rests over you, you think it's all over, but it only means you're halfway done with it. <laughs> uh, that that moment of calm is short lived before the storm comes around again. Uh, and also, this is a new reference to a piece of text that appears or exists somewhere in the world of Destiny, the Hymn of the Thunderlord, uh, which we don't know. We only know this one line. Uh, but I would love to hear this entire hymn, please. I'm sure it's tucked into a safe somewhere along with Tolan's journal and the Bahane and Errata. <laughs> so Cora are... has it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Great. Oh, man. Oh, when we get further down in this, these notes, Banshee, again dug up another line from him about keeping stuff that he shouldn't have Uh, anyway and then the grimoire reference or the grimoire references the hymn of the thunderlord with the immortalized in song line 
The main perk is lightning rounds, and that reads, this weapon fires faster and more accurately the longer the trigger is held. Uh, and this is different than the persistence perk, which currently can roll uh, on heavy machine guns and I believe auto rifles. Uh, because Thunderlord gives, or lightning rounds gives Thunderlord three distinct fire rate stages uh, and accuracy upgrades. So the second kicks in after the trigger's held down for a short time, and the third sometime after that. Uh, originally, the third stage could only be reached uh, if you had Field Scout, uh, but Field Scout no longer affects the ammo in the weapon anymore, uh, only the, the reserve rounds. So they shortened uh, Thunderlord's wind-up time and the amount of time it takes for this, this uh, perk to kick in. Yeah, that happened. The start of uh, the Taken King, Field Scout was nerfed. Uh, Thunderlord's magazine was increased from 38 to 49, and you can no longer get the original 60, which is what made this gun so beastly in year two. <laughs> uh, it's funny when I taught, when I look at heavy machine guns in the game now, because man, in year one we were really spoiled. <laughs> uh, Thunderlord held 60. What, there was a new no. Uh, Future War Cult one that held a hundred. Uh, in yeah, the and nobody wanted to use them because everybody wanted to use a rocket launcher. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> the hidden perk is rounds can randomly cause targets to explode yeah. in arc, in arc damage, <laughs> which is like, how is that hidden? That's the most amazing <laughs> hidden perk ever. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. Uh, and then I'm not going to read my note here. I'll just say it's metal as hell. This is the gun the war priest should use. Uh, there's no quest for this gun. Uh, it just dropped from an engram or a chest or wherever you obtained your exotics of choice or chance in year one. Frank Capizzuto and Ryan Demita are listed as the designers, and Jesse Hall designed the 3D model of Thunderlord. So let's talk about its history a little bit. Uh, and some of those fun things with Thunderlord. So Thunderlord has one of the longest histories in all of Destiny. It's one of the oldest exotics, uh, along with Patience and Time, which we talked about in the Sniper episode. It appeared in E3 2013 and in Gamescom 2013 uh, in gameplay, demos, and video reveals. And there's a little story here. It says, uh, Justin Hayward really brought the weapon to life with the lighting effects in the 11th hour before E3. Oh, this is uh, Tom Doyle, I believe. Uh, who's an art lead at Bungie. So it's a great example of how vital effects are for exotic weapons in the first person. So that's all the the lightning and crackling energy that's around Thunderlord when you're holding it in your hands. Yeah, there he is. <clears throat> uh, and they also talk about the history of this gun a little bit. So again, Tom Doyle, the art lead at Bungie, says, Thunderlord is a, was a desperate measure on the part of a society that grew weary of being outgunned. Uh, the ammunition is some kind of monster that they wouldn't normally use. The use of electrostatic rounds over this amplitude has been prohibited due to their volatility. Uh, and then there was a, a further quote about that volatility. That the Thunderlord is so dangerous a weapon that it poses an equal threat to the Guardian behind it as it does the enemies that appear downrange. Uh, and then it was further extrapolated when uh, Tom described the gun as at any moment this gun should feel like it may blow up in your hands. 
which is a similar design choice that we found on Icebreaker. Mm-hmm. Although I feel like in the history of these guns, I feels like, you know, Thunderlord pushes the envelope, but it's never actually happened, whereas Icebreaker has killed many Guardians <laughs> by <laughs> blowing up in their hands. <clears throat> so, and also this interesting line about electrostatic rounds over this amplitude. I mean, do we find electrostatic rounds in any other weapons? <laughs> and are they at other amplitudes? Yeah, they're, are they just like wound? I mean, maybe that's arc weapons use electrostatic rounds, but none of them have been cranked up to the way that that Thunderlord has. Yeah, Thunderlord goes to 11. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the flavor text for Thunderlord used to be different, uh, and you can see this in those early demos. And the flavor text for Thunderlord used to be, even in the chaos of the gap, one could make out the thunderous fire, leaving a sea of fallen in its wake. Uh, that, of course, is a reference to the Battle of Twilight Gap, which means that Thunderlord was around at least that long. I mean, that it's not necessarily a new weapon uh, for the city like some, uh, like Zen Meteor, which is explicitly called out as being a new development in tech. Uh, Thunderlord is not. Thunderlord was there at the Gap. And I like that quote, too, because it, I feel like even if you are out like on a public event or you're in a strike or even in a raid, if somebody winds up Thunderlord, you the sound is so distinct. Mm -hmm. You know somebody out there is just tearing things up with that gun. <laughs> <clears throat> uh, also, that so the gun that had that flavor text, still Thunderlord, had a ton of interesting perks. The perk trees on these guns used to be much, much different. Uh, so Thunderlord used to have a whole bunch of different perks than it does today. And that includes two ammunition capacity increases. Uh, the description on that perk was increase your ammo capacity, shoot longer without reloading. So there's a good chance that was just turned into Field Scout in the final version. Uh, accuracy times two. Fine tune the targeting so shots land closer to the center of your aim. There's not really a perk. I mean like head seeker or hidden hand aren't quite that perk uh but this may have just been something else that like an element to weapons that was phased out accuracy uh, then it had the perk rolling thunder one and that read with every kill the fury of the weapon grows granting bonus damage for a limited time so that perk had used to have the crowd control icon, and that's probably what it became. Uh, although Thunderlord, in its current incarnation, does not have crowd control. Not that it needs it. <laughs> uh, it used to have armor-piercing rounds. <laughs> so Jeez. on top of what it also used to have, uh, AP rounds. It used to have vacuum which is a rare perk these days. I don't see it very often, usually on rocket launchers. Uh, increase the pickup radius for ammo drops for this weapon, which Thunderlord does not have, and very few weapons, I think, actually have that. Uh, stability. <clears throat> balance with this balance this weapon's weight to fire more smoothly with less recoil. That probably turned into the perfect balance perk that Thunderlord currently has. Uh... And then Rolling Thunder 2, and I'm going to say these words, and I'm sure it's going to go right up there with Swingcock. Uh, <laughs> rolling Thunder 2, burn through your enemies with a righteous thunder that will both penetrate and detonate. 
This is what probably became lightning rounds with the detonate part being moved to the hidden perk. So, yep. There you go. I didn't write it. I'm just reading it. Uh, we just report the news. Yes. There was also two additional icons on the original Thunderlord upgrade screen that have been completely phased out. Uh, they're not, they weren't connected to the skill tree. They were just on the screen. Uh, one of them was the Titan symbol. So we talked about this a little bit with Patience and Time, where Patience and Time had aspect of dust carved into the stock of the gun, which is mostly hunter-related. Thunderlord <clears throat> apparently had the Titan symbol uh, embedded in its upgrade screen, sort of leading to the idea that maybe... This was a Titan-only weapon at some point, uh, given that maybe heavies were gravitated towards the Titan class and maybe they were limited to Titan class versus other classes which carried different styles of weapons. Uh, which is weird. It doesn't make any sense because in one of the E3 videos, the person carrying Thunderlord is a warlock. <laughs> <laughs> so that kind of kills that, but it doesn't explain why the Titan symbol is was on the gun, it's, or at least on the, one of the screens of the gun. Uh, and that's pretty much what we know for the early incarnation of Thunderlord and how it sort of applies to what the gun has become. So now let's talk about the name. Chunderlord? Chun yeah, Chunder? Chunderlord? Yeah. Shoots tiny fish bits to attract sharks? I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I found two metal bands that both have songs called Thunderlord. <laughs> uh, the first one is a metal band. I'm going to link these in the show notes so you can watch and listen to these, uh, these amazing songs. Uh, listen to them while you're shooting things with Thunderlord. So there's an English metal band called Raven. They had a thong. A thong. Wow. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> it's a horrible mental image. Uh, they had a song called Thunderlord on their 1988 album, uh, Nothing Exceeds Like Excess. I'm not going to read all the lyrics because you're going to go listen to this song on YouTube, but I will read uh, this one little stanza here. That seems like a pretty good <laughs> description of what Thunderlord is. Uh, and those four lines are, you won't survive it. Get out while you can. There's no use pretending. None can stop the Thunderlord. I like it. Although the, the preceding lines are pretty good, too. Coming closer towards us, violence in his wake, systematic destruction, run before it's too late. Why are you here? Some kind of creature from hell. <laughs> <laughs> Did they just describe the gun as a song? <laughs> That's what it yeah, sounds like. I mean, <laughs> spoilers, Thunderlord's been around since 1988, and these guys wrote a song about it. <laughs> Uh, there's also a Chilean metal band whose actual name is Thunderlord. <laughs> uh, and they have an album called Hymns of Wrath in This Metal Age from 2007. Uh, and that includes the track Thunderlord. Uh, and they've got some good lyrics in here, too. Uh, with, the, with the fist of storm, the power of light, the thunder sound. Although that seems to describe Storm Fist from Striker Titans. Yeah. Uh, but then there's uh, Thunderlord, the chorus is Thunderlord with his force destroy all with his sound raise the ground. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I like it. I like that this. I like that they're. Well, let's. I mean. So the Thunderlord is not like a unique name. It appears all through mythology and history, mm-hmm. and I got all kinds of names here for where this sort of could have gotten its name from. Uh, what the inspiration was for it. All these things are pretty metal. I mean, Thor is the most obvious reference here. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, I remember when. So back, way back in year one, in my regular little strike, my clan, my little strike team of three, only one of us had Thunderlord. And one week it was Ark, it was Arkburn and Fogoth. Uh, <laughs> and the only reason I remember this so clearly is because I I make a weekly email that I have since we've started playing together that outlines everything that's happening for the day or happening for the week. And I try to come up with like fun header images for that email. And I found this amazing uh, picture from an old Thor comic book that has Thor just using a belt fed machine gun. (laughs) And I was like, this is the most perfect, the most perfect. I don't know who I should go dig that up. Uh, I find that I'll stick it in the show notes, but it's a hilarious image just of Thor using uh, a machine gun. And that's like a pretty good description of Thunderlord, I thought. Uh, yeah. So there's Thor, there's Zeus, uh, obviously, here. Uh, Thor was, I mean, Zeus. So Zeus is tended by two ha- minor goddesses, the, his handmaidens, Astrip and Bronte, literally meaning lightning and thunder. Uh, Perun was the Slavic god of thunder, uh, which is interesting because we have an Iron Lord named after him or her. Uh, Was it Perun's fire is the fusion Mm -hmm. rifle. So then we have Lei Gong and Lei Shen from Chinese mythology. Uh, (laughs) The literal translation of those names is Lord of Thunder. Uh, And I have a note here that when I was looking up, I was looking up deities of thunder, and man, the list of Chinese gods of thunder or lords of thunder is—it's huge. There's so many of them. Uh, not not an unpopular uh, lord apparently in Chinese mythology. There's Indra. Uh, there's Raijin, aka Raiden, from Japanese Shinto. We all know Raiden from Mortal Kombat, Lord of Thunder. Uh, Suzanu from Japanese Shinto uh, although Suzanu was god of ocean and storms and then the storms thing sort of played to the thunder and lightning that's the same name as the warlock class specific fusion rifle Susanu. Uh, Aztec this like the pronunciation of this god's name is going to be right up there with Claylock uh <laughs> <laughs> I think it's Zotl. Uh We always called him Zotl. Because uh, this name appears in Final Fantasy XI. <laughs> He's a an undead uh, notorious monster that drops a good Beastmaster item, but nobody can ever pronounce his name, so we just called him Zotl. <laughs> uh, and then in, in Native American and Iroquois and Huron, there's the Great Thunderbird. So... Attributing a deity to lightning and thunder is not an uncommon thing uh, in all of mythology here, so. 
any one of those could be the potential inspiration for Thunderlord. Personally, I like to just think of him as like super. I mean, there's so many Norse references in Destiny already. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah. That either Thor or Zeus is not. I mean, Zeus just like chucking lightning bolts at people with his giant metal beard and his exposed chest. I don't know. Like being a titan, like tearing off your shirt, pulling out Thunderlord, <laughs> shooting lightning bolts at people. Uh, so there's that. I mean, if you have any particular insights into the origins of the name Thunderlord, please, by all means. Because I certainly don't think it is the DC comic superhero, a Buddhist monk uh, who has vocal manipulation powers, <laughs> who is for some reason called Thunderlord. I think that's a good one, though. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to find oh there it is alright hold on I found that picture the caption underneath it says no more Mr. Nice God <laughs> it's That's so awesome. yeah it's pretty amazing uh, da -da 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 -da. but yeah Ooh. I uh, I I used Thunderlord a uh, pretty decent amount, actually, just because I didn't have a Gallarhorn. Um, so I enjoyed it a lot in year one. Haven't actually touched one since. I've got one. It's 335. I've just never used it. Really? I use mine all the time. I mean, I just equipped it just now because we were talking about it, and I was like, oh, yeah, this is a cool-looking gun. It is awesome. Like, I, I still bust it out all the time just because it's... It's so much fun to use. It sounds so awesome. I think I have a, I have a note here. Uh, Thunderlord has remained one of the most consistently powerful weapons in Destiny and has survived all the rebalances and weapons tweaking. Like, it had its field scout taken away. But, I mean, other than that, Thunderlord just is always impressive. Like, it just tears things apart. Uh, no matter where you are, no matter what you're doing, like, if you're running around down in the stills you just clear out huge waves of ads if you need to like lay some heavy firepower onto a boss thunderlord does a job like it's just all around it's just really good yeah i love it i i got it from a a legacy engram i bought i got a year one version of it chucked it onto my warlock who is my third ult and i just use it because it was i had to be level 20 for it rather than level 40 which i was already over because it's year two it was like, this is my main heavy now. It was awesome. It was great. I've never used a year two Thunderlord. I have one. I've never used it. Well, I think Thunderlord, part of the unfortunate legacy of Thunderlord, uh, not that its legacy is unfortunate, now I think most people, when they think of Thunderlord, they think of getting exotic shards, <laughs> sadly. <laughs> because if you go to the exotic kiosk, you can buy Thunderlord. Stick it in your inventory. It only takes eight motes of light to get it to full. Yeah. And then you can immediately break it down, get two exotic shards out of it, uh, get some your motes back, and get a little bit of glimmer. So you, I think now, Thunderlord is just sharded so much that it that's become part of the gun's legacy. But uh, see, for me, that's Dragon's Breath. <laughs> oh really? Yeah, because <laughs> I've gotten at least from from Engram drops. I've gotten at least five of them, and I just dismantled them, and I just buy Dragon's Breath now if I need the shards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, most people I know do it with Thunderlord, which is sad. But I love I love, Thund- I love Thunderlord. I've got too many dragons breaths. <laughs> I've got at least one on each character and two in the vault, so I don't need any more than that. <laughs> I pretty much only use dragons breath these days for hunting Taken, but I use it only time. for solar burn strikes and nightfalls, which it is awesome for. Not for long. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll we'll talk about that when we get to yeah. dragons. Sorry, breath. sidetracked. <laughs> <laughs> so super good advice. This weapon's full of it. <laughs> oh jeez, I'm getting shot. Um, <laughs> sorry. Would you out somewhere with your Thunderlord? Yes. That I was in my menu. Oh, son of. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> this machine gun's incredible mechanism hints at the wonders of Golden Age technology. Smart rounds report their trajectories to the weapon, and a microtransmat protocol recalls missed shots directly to the magazine. Engineers decry that, that all smart systems spontaneously develop personalities and awareness. But that seems undeni- Really? But it seems <laughs> undeniable that super good advice manifests personality, memory, and a certain sass. The truth may lie in the weapon's connection to the legendary hunter Pahanan, who witnessed the fall of Kaber and became terrified of traveling alone. So, Golden Age tech. <clears throat> Once again, magic bullets. Magic bullets, just like Invective's Easy Bake Bullet Oven. Uh, super good advice. Bullets apparently call home and tell it, oh, you're off by like 10 feet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The bullets are your spotters. Uh, <clears throat> so, microtransmat protocol, yeah, recalls missed shots. So this, I mean, this is this is space magic. Yeah, uh, it's, it just teleports bullets. <laughs> yeah. Oh, your bullet didn't hit what you were aiming at. You get it back. Which is like, okay, if it can do that, why do you have to aim it? If it can do that, why doesn't every gun have that? <laughs> why doesn't it just teleport the bullets directly into your enemy? <laughs> Like, oops, you're just full of tin bullets. Like, I don't understand. Why are we even shooting them? Just be like, poof, you're Why full you of bullets. Why do you have a gun? Just point, pull your finger out and point it. Transmat all the bullets out of your backpack directly in your enemy. Yeah, yeah I, don't, I don't understand. Oh, you're breaking the game. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh... But this could also possibly explain the mulligan perk. But again, why why doesn't every gun have this? Uh. No good no good reason. <laughs> yeah, so the perk description, super good advice. Almost all shots that miss their target will return to your magazine. Landed shots may be replaced in the magazine from your reserves. So and this isn't what the perk always was. So if you use this gun in year one, it was crazy situational uh but year two added the landed shots part of the perk that has really brought this gun into sort of like a a really it feels exotic when you use it like nothing nothing else fires like super good advice does (laughs) exotic Uh, in the sense that it removes your reload button yes Uh, I'm going to jump into the grimoire real quick. Uh, the smart system spontaneously develop personalities and awareness. <clears throat> I mentioned this in a previous episode. Oh, mm. when we were talking about uh, Tokus's Ma Tabor. This is a major subplot 
if you're familiar with Ghost in the Shell standalone complex or standalone complex second gig, uh, they use an AI system, the Tachikoma Think Tanks. And over the course of the series, their AI develops sort of independent individual personalities and awareness. So a big part of the series deals with how do you, in a society like that, or even in our own society, how would you suddenly deal with like spontaneous autonomy of of an AI? So it's a it's a much deeper sort of philosophical question than what is posed here mm-hmm. in the grimoire. Because if it's true and you sharded your super good advice, what did you kill it? Like, right? Are you a murderer? <laughs> uh, so it's kind of a deep question. Uh, we're not going to go into it too deep here, uh, but it's certainly something to think about and a, a interesting thought. And it lends more credence to this idea in Destiny, whether this was an idea that was big in the beginning or then later scrapped or only hints of it remain now, is that these a lot of the weapons in Destiny seem to have their own semi-consciousness or consciousness. <clears throat> you know, guns like Thorn that need to be fed light uh, or the will of bad juju to, to murder all of existence. Like, even <laughs> when we talk about some of the swords... Seems that there's a lot of weapons in Destiny that are more than just you know metal and bolts, but that are actually have some sort of sentience or consciousness about them, and, and may have their own sort of attitudes and and wills amongst them. Uh, if you didn't play Year One, oh, also landed shots may be replaced in the magazine from your reserves. It says may, but it's like a hundred percent. Like if you really want to have a good time take super good advice uh, shoot it down a one bullet then use a heavy ammo synth the gun shoots so fast that you will gain bullets in the mag like you could hold the trigger down and by the time you let it go you'll have like a full mag even though you started with one like the gun it's ridiculous like <laughs> just pick a target and shoot and all the bullets come out <laughs> it's awesome uh I sometimes I use this against when I'm hunting, like taken, the uh, taken majors because you can just post up somewhere and dump an entire mag without ever having to take your finger off the finger off the trigger. It's so good. <clears throat> uh, but as I was saying, if you didn't play in year one. There was a quest for this gun. Now you just sort of get it. Uh, but back in the day, it talks about sort of painting and how we went about getting this thing. Yeah, this is this is our last. Um, exotic bounty gun, right? True. Yes, it is. And this was a voice in the wilderness, which said, "A hunter returning from Mars claims to have heard a voice coming from a sealed cache." Now, I only I only did this once, so I, I, there are literally things on here that I don't quite understand in the notes. <laughs> um, okay. So we've got find a mournful gun or a recalcitrant gun by opening loot caches on Mars. What do you yeah. mean, or? I only did this once. There, there are there options? There was. The, the It changed. The bounty changed uh, the, not based on what version you got. It seemed like it was random. Okay. Uh, so based on what stage you were in, a different version of the gun appeared. So sometimes you would open the chest and you'd immediately get the mournful gun. Mm-hmm. Which would 
like skip a step in the quest or you would get uh, the recalcitrant gun which added the extra step of bringing the frame with the, the gunsmith and then he would look at it and then it would become the mournful gun and then step two would become step three where you'd have to do this other stuff. It was weird. I don't know if it was a, a glitch in the quest or what, but huh, it okay. happened different ways, different times. <laughs> I've, I did I did a bunch of super good advice uh, exotic bounties, so I got both versions of it in year one. I mean, it's not significant difference. It doesn't affect the outcome at all, but hmm, just a matter yeah. of what order you get the things. Weird. Yes. <clears throat> so, and the description of a recalcitrant gun is, this appears to be the frame of an old machine gun. The frame talks <clears throat> I won't be used and discarded like a common cannon I need the hands of an honest laborer to reassure me <laughs> then we'll discuss terms your ghost takes an instant dislike to this weapon nice. <laughs> uh, and it's worth pointing out that recalcitrant means having an obstinately uncooperative attitude towards authority or discipline great that's just what I needed in my inventory <laughs> Uh, it gets even better with step two. <laughs> so we bring the frame to the gunsmith to obtain a pleased machine gun frame or a mournful gun. So when you when you first bring this to the gunsmith, he just says, I'm sorry, Guardian. <laughs> <laughs> that is sympathetic. <laughs> so then the mournful gun reads, the gunsmith hands, the, hands back the machine gun. The weapon is very upset. It <laughs> grieves for someone named Pahanan and fears for its own future. I think you need to give it another gift. Zer will have what you need. <laughs> I first read that as the machine gun or the gunsmith hands back the machine gun. The weapon is very upset, like at being handed back. Like, oh no, no, no. Okay. He, he doesn't like doesn't like Banshee's non-soothing touch. <laughs> Which is weird, given the original description, where it says, I need the hands of an honest laborer to reassure me. That seems much more like Banshee than us. Right. <laughs> but, is, oh, maybe that's why we gave it to him and not want to discuss terms? I don't know. I don't know. Then we go on to acquire a pristine Golden Age ammunition module from Xur. Um, does that require a coupon? No. Oh. Well, that's a little sad. It is sad. <laughs> and also weird. Like, why would Zer require a coupon for one of them, but not for this? <laughs> this seems like the far more OP thing. To, I mean, well, they're both like ammunition baking devices, but... Uh, yeah, pristine Golden Age ammunition module. <clears throat> and the description on that thing is, this module is capable of manufacturing its own ammunition. Again, why, is it, why doesn't every gun have this? Because there are only two of them. Three of them. Okay, so if I went to Xur and said, oh, a pristine Golden Age ammunition model, I would immediately try to install it into my Gallarhorn. Not, in <laughs> <laughs> not into super good advice. Infinite rockets. Yes, please. Yeah, that's... We don't always make good choices. We don't. So. So then we get the pleased machine gun. Uh, yes, which reads, You've demonstrated real solidarity with my work. <clears throat> Show me the quality of your marksmanship. Show your talent with machine guns. Machine gun headshots and sprees are more impressive. Machine guns loathe rocket launchers, so using them will slow your progress. <laughs> which is hilarious. Uh, and that initiated this subquest. Uh, just kill 500 enemies with a machine gun to obtain an enthusiastic gun. 
So, one kill gave you one point. Uh, headshots and sprees would give you three. If you killed something with a rocket launcher, it would remove five points. Uh, <laughs> you can get them in the PvE and in the Crucible. Uh, and this was back before we had the Siege of the Warmind quest, where it, I think so, <laughs> where you could just sit there and gun down endless yeah. <laughs> thrall as they ran at you. Although, what's the other one? There's, oh, the the one where you have to go find Crota's crystal. Yeah. Where there's endless, infinite... Endless, uh, curse thralls, right? Curse thrall, yeah. <laughs> Just don't shoot your rocket launcher. <clears throat> or melee. Don't do that. Uh, an enthusiastic gun reads, Delighted to have found a worthy wielder, the weapons AI asks for one last chance to say goodbye to the gunsmith. Yeah, so you bring the frame to the gunsmith and you obtain super good advice. And the gunsmith says, looks like you've made a new friend. <laughs> uh, and then my immediate note is, despite the description in this quest, the gun does not actually talk or communicate with the guardian wielding it. Just, it is really... That, that does seem like a huge missed opportunity, right? I know. I, I love that it's sassy at the beginning. I would so love as you're firing it and stuff to just be like, oh, you missed that shot. Oh, you suck at this. Like, just tearing you apart as you're playing. Like, shut up, gun. <laughs> Except that the way the way SGA fires, it would be like, miss, 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 hit, 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 hit. miss, 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 miss. No, it's, it's just making, like, sarcastic comments the whole time. Like, oh, wow. Oh, look at that aiming. You're really good at this. Like, <laughs> and then the more you use it, maybe the more it warms up to you. <laughs> You sure, you sure you don't want to use your Gallahorn? You okay yeah. with this? You okay with this? <laughs> you pull it out in, in Crucible. It's like, yeah, let's do this. Let's kill some people. Like, Shut up, guns. We're hiding. <laughs> well, I yeah. mean, it, it very much seems like the whole, this whole gun story was written just for that. I wonder if that was originally part of the game and had to get cut out or like last gen couldn't support it or they couldn't find somebody to voice the gun. Like, Yeah, I don't know. Or, or like, if, if I mean... How many phrases could they have possibly given it, and how annoying would it have gotten? How quickly, you know, like it's, it might have it might have been a really oh, cool it, it idea. It would have been really annoying, but it would have it would have been hilarious terrible. at the same time. <laughs> I mean, it's given, like it, you need to have an option to turn the voice off or something. <laughs> given how often I see super good advice used anyway, <laughs> may not have been a big problem. Like yeah, I, it makes enough. me think of um, in Portal Two near the end when you have the little potato GLaDOS on your gun and she's just giving you like snarky comments about what you're doing like that's how I picture yeah. it and you're just doing your thing you're firing you're playing but she's just like oh well done that was great N nice jump there yeah <laughs> like shut up oh that'll be so good uh, that's that's what I want in this gun <laughs> alright current gen only year three super good advice make it talk yeah <laughs> <clears throat> All right, some other fun notes about Super Good Advice. Uh, Super Good Advice features a unique three-barrel design, though sadly they do not spin when the gun is being fired. Uh, the original concept arc did not have a three-barrel design, so we don't know why it was potentially upgraded and then never put into practice. Like, seems weird to have... I mean, the whole point of three rotating barrels is to, what, keep them cool while the gun fires really fast? So by not rotating them, don't know what the point is. <laughs> to look neat. To look cool. Uh, <laughs> the So this made sort of SGA the most infamous in year one. I think this is even more than the perk by itself. 
this note right here is why people pulled out super good advice. So the super good advice perk will trigger if the bullet hits an oracle in the vault of glass, Crota's oversoul, uh, or a detainment shield in either the vault of glass or prison of elders, effectively granting the weapon near unlimited magazine when used against these targets. They're considered like non-corporeal targets. So. Yeah. <clears throat> Did that work against um, like mines in uh, prison of elders? I don't know. I, since I know that the oracle disruptor perk triggered against them. Oh, interesting. Um, uh, but no, I'm not sure. Okay. Mm. But yeah, I used to hear this a lot. People be like, take super good advice into the Vault of Glass. It's an Oracle destroyer because it doesn't <laughs> use bullets when you shoot it. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. So, I mean, it doesn't really. I mean, it doesn't really matter now. It's just infinite. But. Uh, the year two update turned this gun into a true monster of a machine gun that never needs reloading. Uh, although there are targets the perk will not trigger against, like the legs of fallen walkers. It will not return ammo to you. Uh, hmm. and if you so. so I don't know what that's the, weird. Yeah. So there you yeah. go. See, that's what it said may. It may. Yeah, or it, it may not. As long as you're not <laughs> shooting fallen walkers. I haven't tried it against anything else. I'm sure. I wonder if it works against like the uh, hover tank things for the cabal. Hmm. Yeah. Who brings a tank to space? He's a tank to a gunfight. <laughs> uh, and then the true legacy of this gun is yeah. this last one here, where on the Destiny subreddit, the uh, the common FYI category has been replaced with SGA, super good advice. So, and it has a little perk symbol with the the skull with the bullet flying through it. <laughs> They do a good job over there. They do. They really do. <clears throat> so, and that's that's only two. There's only two exotic heavy machine guns. That's the, all you need. The Almighty Thunderlord, and then the mysteriously silent Super Good Advice, taking his hints from the speaker. <laughs> yeah. Are we gonna <laughs> tackle this in order, or are we gonna skip and come back to this next? We're going to skip Section. rocket launchers for right now, uh, because we could potentially devote... Oh, maybe not that long. Uh, but let's jump to... Should we jump to swords, or should we jump to our heavy other? Um. I feel like it should be heavy. No, I can't. Special other became special Danny, and I'm yeah. okay with saying special Danny. I'm not okay with saying heavy Danny. Um, so... Maybe we'll do <laughs> we'll heavy, heavy other and then swords. Okay, so that's our boy Sleeper Simulant. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. The weapon that was designed to replace Gallarhorn didn't quite do the job. <laughs> well, I mean... <laughs> I Nothing. Know it, like, I know people said that about it. I just don't think that was true. Anyway. <clears throat> All right. Sleeper. Sleeper Simulant. Subroutine Ikelos. Status incomplete. Midnight Exigent. Status still in progress. It's quite a grimoire entry. We've actually talked about Sleeper before. Uh, we talked about, we did an entire Whisper devoted to Sleeper. Uh, and we talked about it during some of the Rasputin episodes. We talked about a lot of these subroutines. We talked about Midnight Exigent. We talked about Ikelos. We talked about Voluspa and the Devalent Forge. Mm -hmm. So we're not going to go super deep into it here because you can hear all that on other episodes. So, but we are going to break down real quick uh, the Sleeper Simulant. Which is amazing. We're basically going to do an entire whisper inside this episode. 
All right. Should I read the grimoire on this or somebody else want to take it? I thought X-Ray was always the voice of Rasputin. Hmm? X-Ray is apparently super good advice right now. <laughs> and also the voice of the speaker. <laughs> so, uh, I will take the grimoire for this one and then we'll we'll see if we can find out where he fell asleep in his garage. I'm here. I'm here. I think what? I I thought my mute was on my unmuted and my mic was unmuted and I've been talking and I'm like, um, I can yeah, I'll read it. I want to read it. And then you're like, oh, I guess I'll do. You've been talking you've been talking the whole time and just muted? A few times. Apparently. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I thought you were quiet. <laughs> Morning. You're busy catching Pokemon. Uh, That's what I thought you were doing. No, no way, man. Are you, are you I'm playing Iron Banner. I'm. I had to keep. I have to keep flipping my fan on occasionally. It is. It didn't cool down as much tonight as I thought. I'm just. I'm. I'm in a sauna right now, so. Oh. It is hot. All right, sleeper simulant grimoire. Uh, man, I got to do all these. Numbers. I, um, that's what I was Skip hoping the, for. Oh. Thanks. No. <laughs> no, I'm gonna do them anyway, just because you don't want them. Here we go. V156NNI900CLS002 AICOM Rasputin Assets Cosmo Imperative Immediate Immediate Evaluation Directive This is a Central Assets Imperative Secured Conference This in the, this is an internal alert Number of exterior defense breaches has increased by 400% in the past year Current campus defense protocols unable to keep up with new demands. Operation Midnight Exigent is not yet complete. Interim response necessity is imperative. Hypothesize that resource guardians may be leveraged to compensate for CDP inadequacies. Reassign 12% of Cosmo assets to new directive. Declare Ikelos. I'm calling Veluspa and extracting subroutine. Devalon Forge to be modified and recompiled to comport to midnight to midnight exigent parameters. I am inserting the modified Devalon Forge 2 into Ikelos and compiling for immediate implementation. Execute short hold for partial shutdown to react and reactivation. Stop stop stop. V5NNI900CLS003. There you go. We're not going to explain it. Just let that go into your head, and we're going to move on. <laughs> well, I think I think the most important no. thing is: is do you think that at Bungie, do you think Cosmo's boss emails him and be like, "Hey, could you reassign twelve percent of your assets to this task I'm giving you?" And they say it's imperative. Four hundred percent of four hundred percent of our player base is pissed off. Do this now. And then Cosmo <laughs> says, "Partial shutdown." <laughs> stop! 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 <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, man, so do we ever figure out what these this uh, combination of of letters and numbers is? Didn't we discuss this and and that they're possibly like time, uh, like like time markers of some yeah, sort? Yeah, these are time stamps. Time stamps uh, on Rasputin's communications. Right, and so, so it's whatever it is. It increased by one digit from the beginning to the end of this this grimoire. If anyone's keeping track yeah so he didn't have to think very hard to realize uh he just wanted us to do all the work <laughs> yeah that's a, essentially what it comes down to <laughs> there's some interesting things in here that so 
even the opening here, AI comps, this is artificial intelligence communications, but who is this being sent to? It's an internal alert. Yeah, but is this... What it's is, being sent to himself. This is Rasputin writing an email to himself? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, man, security is terrible. We gotta do something. Uh, thank you, Rasputin. Dear Rasputin, <laughs> I agree. Let's make some fusion rifles. Let's uh, see. This is rampancy right here. Well, yeah, that's... A whole other thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, your note here on breaches increasing 400%. Uh, yeah, thanks, Omnigal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's Omnigal's, Omnigal's now responsible for the fact that we got the sleeper simulant. So. Thanks, Omnigal. Yeah. I mean, I guess, I mean, we do we technically qualify as exterior defense breaches? Like We, <laughs> we were invited in a little bit. Right, but then we'll talk about how Sleeper can recoil and hit us too. What so. about those uh, dead orbit guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the ones that were scattered all over the Cosmodrome? Yeah. yeah. Who knows how many of those we've had? Me. They don't tell us until uh, it's already happened. So, But we're being leveraged to compensate for... That didn't really happen. Those guys are just off exploring somewhere else. That's what dead orbit does. <laughs> don't listen to Zavala. Uh, the current campus defense protocols. I don't know that we've seen like doors. Yeah, it's not <laughs> like there are lasers on the wall. <laughs> that we, I mean, that would be awesome if there was like right. a laser grid we had to move through. But yeah, if if there were sleeper simulants just mounted all along the insides of all of Rasputin's uh, facilities, oh, and so somebody funny. walks in and they just all fire at once and bounce <laughs> off all the walls, and it's like you just destroy anything in there. <laughs> Oh, that would be so good. Yeah. So current campus defense protocols, I mean, no wonder breaches are up. There aren't any <laughs> doors, dude. Come on. He just crashes warsets on people to get too close to his door. Yeah, or he crashes warsets that have the codes you need to open the doors that are his defense protocols. <laughs> not smart, man. <laughs> it's like leaving a post-it note on the door with the yeah. key code on it. I mean, it's like attaching the post-it note with a code to a bowling ball and dropping it, hoping you'll hit somebody with it, but odds are you're not going to. And now they have your code. Uh, so Midnight Exigent is not yet complete. Uh, so Very similar to Still in Progress. Yeah, very similar. Thanks, Department of Redundancy Department. Uh so interim response to, uh, necessity is imperative. <clears throat> so I like that he's hypothesizing that the resource guardians can be leveraged to compensate uh, for the defense protocol and inadequacies. Well, yeah, we've, we've given him proof over and over and over that we will do anything for a sweet gun. That's true. So that's his hypothesis. <laughs> I think of, of all the talk about ex exotics have led us to this final conclusion that we will do anything for a gun <laughs> and not ask any questions afterwards. <laughs> So, here's your sweet gun. Right. Uh, so, reassign 12% of Cosmodrome assets to new directive, declare Ikelos. So, again, this is strange because, like, what is the inside of the... And this is all details. Like, I've been having this debate in my head constantly about drama first versus details first. And it's very obvious that Destiny is drama first. Uh, before details, but it's things like like this, where it's like, oh, I hypothesize that we can leverage the Guardians 
to affect these security breaches. And I'm thinking, what are the inside of Rasputin's bunkers made of that he's going to give us this insanely powerful laser beam and be like, now come inside and shoot it around a lot. Like, you're not going to damage <laughs> anything in there with it. Like, I think if there's one thing that Guardians have proven more than we'll do anything for a cool gun, it's that we love to blow things up and just <laughs> destroy everything. Like, mm-hmm, even mm-hmm. Sherb, your comment about uh, Dragon's Breath, where it's like, just light everything on fire. It's cool. <laughs> like, collateral damage, whatever. Just everything on fire. Yeah. <laughs> That's... It's like, so if you were going to try and leverage the Guardians, you may want to be careful about what you're actually trying to defend, that they do not blow it up uh, in the meantime. But anyway, uh, Veluspa and Valen Forge, we've talked about those in detail. Uh, And then this note here about modified and recompiled to comport to Midnight Exigent parameters, which seems that Valen Forge may not necessarily have been... uh, an integral part of Midnight Exigent, which we previously talked about, it was. Um, but the other possibility here, and I think from what we've read, is that Rasputin is actively modifying it to to do this thing, to incorporate Guardians into it, which requires a modification and a recompile. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when we talked about Rampancy, we talked about AIs modifying their programming to serve a purpose, usually a self-serving purpose. So this is very much what we have right here. Uh, We have Rasputin modifying known parameters uh, and then recompiling and comporting them to incorporate new leverage, a new resource, the Guardians, in order to defend his interiority, to defend the the vaults, or what he calls the, the campus. So this is a pretty blatant sign. Like, again, free will is one thing, but the ability to modify your own subroutines and programming is completely different. That is a very clear sign of rampancy as rampancy has been described to exist uh, in previous Bungie properties. We talked about that a lot in the Bungie lore episode in both Halo uh, and in Marathon, uh, the signs of rampancy, and this is definitely one of them. Uh, but yes, I love your note here also, Gabble, uh, <laughs> about, I'm going to give the role of fusion rifles. Here's a slightly better one. <laughs> uh, and that slightly modified one is just called Valen Forge 2, not particularly clever. Uh, what the original one, so this, this now sort of casts a shadow on what the original Valen Forge was. Was it still Sleeper? Because it seems like the Villain Forge 2 is what results in Sleeper, or is it just that this weapon has been recompiled to for a Guardian use, not necessarily human use? So it may have been a less volatile version or a more stable version, maybe not quite as powerful when humans had to use it, uh, knowing that Guardians can withstand a lot more abuse than a regular human could. <laughs> knowing the Guardians can be resurrected if the ricochet comes yeah. back and <laughs> melts <they> them. vaporize <laughs> themselves with it. <clears throat> uh, but that's a quick breakdown of that. If Again, if you're interested in a deep dive on this, we did a, a whisper about Sleeper. We talked about this stuff a lot, especially the Dvalin Forge in the Rasputin episodes, and we also talked about rampancy in the bungee lore episodes 
So move on to the perks. Uh, two perks. Uh, Sleeper Simulant is the first one. This weapon's laser tears through enemies and ricochets once off of hard surfaces. And then its second perk is Activate Ikelos. <laughs> Upgrades laser to allow multiple ricochets on hard surfaces. Yeah, so really, we're just lucky that like every wall in the world is a hard surface, but Atheon is not. Yes. <laughs> uh this perk is amazing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> this is an another weapon in the long line of things that can kill you. Uh, so, like, we talked about Icebreaker and how it's sort of hinted that it has the potential to explode and kill you, but it never actually does it in the game. And then we just talked about Thunderlord, which was designed to feel like it could explode in your hands at any moment. Here we have Sleeper Simulant, which can, in fact, vaporize you. In, in a beautiful solar wisp. Uh, if you do not have Sleeper, you're missing out. Uh, definitely go get it. We're going to talk about how you can get your hands on it. But yeah, the Sleeper perk, man. If it ricochets more than once and it comes right back at you, yeah, you're gone. You're done. Uh, it's hilarious to watch. Uh, when we fought the War Priest with Sleeper, they were just ricocheting everywhere. I'm amazed nobody got <laughs> killed by that. <laughs> uh, That's one of the times Sleeper's one of the guns that makes me occasionally wish that friendly fire existed in, like, PvE. <laughs> you could just accidentally shoot somebody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, people would be so salty. <laughs> I know. Can you imagine on, like, a... I always forget the name of that Crucible map, the... The catch that's floating, the, not the derelict, the, uh... The, the drifter? The drifter. With the narrow oh, hallways yeah. and drifter. You can just shoot <laughs> sleeper in there and it would ping pong forever if friendly fire was on you. <laughs> You'd be getting seventh column off your own team. <laughs> uh, <laughs> like, I got eight kills with one shot of a sleeper. What? Well, four of them were my team. <laughs> Friendly Fire was so uh, awesome though back in Halo. Yes. Oh my oh, gosh, man. that was that that made the gameplay so much more interesting. Open world, man. I know. If you have a, uh, it'd be so brutal for trolling people. Oh, that'd be... when we, like when we talked about being in the divide and using Queensbreaker bow and shooting like low-level guardians as they run past to make them think they're being shot. Remember, Friendly Fire was on. Or like they get sniped and they look over like those two vandals, damn it! And they look up there and it's you like waving with your Queensbreaker bow. <laughs> it'd be it'd be like that. Uh, what's that zombie game, uh, Daisy? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's what it would. There'd be people that would just camp for days in the same spot and just kill people and steal their stuff. Oh yeah, now it's the dark zone. Great. Oh, that's great. <laughs> no, it's not. Darkness no, zone. Not. Dark zone. Yeah. Glad it doesn't happen. <clears throat> okay, let's talk about this quest. What uh, a quest. It is a quest. It has no official name. Uh, it's broken into a few parts. Uh, and the first was... This was rolled out over... It's interesting now, because when this was happening in real time, it was causing a insane sort of, like, panic and craziness. Like, the story of how Sleeper came to be originally... This was all originally time-locked and gated content, so uh, if you experienced that firsthand, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, and that was super weird because 
when Game Informer did their huge reveal is probably the wrong word, but they had a huge feature on the mm-hmm. Taken King, and a big chunk of it was about the sleeper simulant and how it was it was going to be this amazing new gun and how they designed it, and then it was just silence. Yep. <laughs> And like, people thought it was like the 50 parts you needed to collect yeah, or part yeah. of Sleeper or yeah tons and tons and tons of speculation went on about Sleeper one because it didn't arrive when the Taken King did uh, it was gated and locked there was hints in like the code like people were digging things out via the API uh, at like Ishtar collected but there was nothing in the game that could corroborate its existence and it was just it was crazy. It was like one of those sort of like quasi-classic Bungie mysteries, and then in classic Bungie fan base form, we all just went off the rails <laughs> with what it could be. Yeah. And then all became disappointed with the actual results. But So let's talk about this actual, what these actual steps are. So we've broken into a few phases here, uh, and phase one is collect the relics, and then talk to Banshee. So... Collecting the relics was its whole other thing. And it was totally random. It didn't tell you what the hell was going on. Yep. You didn't learn you didn't what dropped them, where they could drop, anything. Although I'm I'm uh I flipped out on all four of them because I thought I'd gotten something really cool. You know, because you see that purple text that's like, oh you found what what is it? What did I just get? Oh, it's one of these things. What are the what are these? Because originally they would just randomly drop and you just had this weird fusion rifle looking thing in your inventory and the gunsmith wanted it. Yep. No explanation at all. I always thought I was getting a good drop and I was getting nothing. <laughs> <clears throat> so there's four. Four of these relics. Uh, so is this the description of all four here? Or only three <clears throat> of the four? You know, uh, you know a good place to get those? The Ishtar Collective. Or uh, you can farm... Draxus, the actual things themselves. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, the actual things in game. I think I got all of mine when I was farming three of coins. Really? Uh, yeah. They, they every time I'd go back to turn in my three or four or five exotics that I just got, I'd have one of those. <laughs> that makes well. Why would they be there? I don't know, but they kept dropping there. That's weird. Yeah. I got all mine pretty quickly. Although, given the rate at which I patrol, though it. Like, if you did a pretty fair amount of sort of patrolling and exploring, you'd come across these things pretty quickly. Uh, or running a lot of strikes, which I also did. <clears throat> so, is it they all have the name Dvalin RAS8711FR00X. So, RAS there is Rasputin, and FR00X, where X is at the end to be the number in the accordance with the artifact, 1 through 4. So, that's Fusion Rifle 001, 002, 003, 004. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, I turned into the gunsmith. Uh, so in their description from all four of those is Voluspa subroutine to Valen Forge, purpose strategic arming of human forces in the face of the Korea White emergency. Uh, we also talked about that in the Rasputin episodes. Where my comment about humanity obviously losing because Rasputin gave them all fusion rifles. So now those but, those I was just thinking about this. Those fusion rifles continued to drop after I got my fourth one, I believe. Because I did they? I think I think they did. I'm gonna have to look that up now. Um, they definitely did on your other two characters. 
Well, yeah, but I think on my I think on my hunter because that's uh, where I farmed those three coins with, and uh, it it leveled up my gunsmith quicker. I'm gonna look that up now. Hmm. I've never seen one since the four original ones. Yeah, apart from so, alts. Have a con- yeah. <laughs> so talk with Banshee, and he gives you some insight onto these things. Uh, Include some interesting quotes here. So the Cryptarchs say there weren't many guns in the Golden Age. Uh, we've proved that a little bit wrong in our exploration <laughs> of exotic weapons. Uh, Amazing ammo-creating guns. Yeah. <laughs> Warmines made the Valen Forge to arm Earth for the attack, but whatever the collapse was, it seems it wasn't too receptive to bullets uh, or fusion rifles. <laughs> have the, crypt- yeah, there was have one, the Cryptarchs um, not been to the Cosmodrome and seen all the tanks lying around? What many guns? I'm convinced at this point that the cryptarchs do not know a thing. Unless they were just talking to Rahul, not the actual cryptarchy at all. And Rahul's That's there possible. going, the fallen were there, they caused the collapse. There were no guns, no yeah. guns at all. Like, okay, take yeah, your word. Or when you get a strange coin from an engram and he says, ooh, good weapon. <laughs> yeah. It's like, Rahul, yeah, no wonder you don't think there were a lot of guns in the Golden Age. <laughs> You don't even know what one is. Yeah, he hands he hands me a mote of light from my uh, engram and says, "A rare treasure." <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, man. Thanks. I'll add it to the other nine hundred yeah. that I yeah. have in my vault. <laughs> uh, next one here is: You've got a knack for this, Guardian. One soldier to another. These prototypes always had a tracking mechanism, security purposes, most like. Transponders are still active, though. Signals faint. Weird. Sounds like music. That also goes back to something that uh, Rahul says when his idle dialogue, when he's talking about hearing music and then saying, no, it's code, it's signal. Whether that's a reference to this or something else, we don't know, but I wonder if it's classical music. Let me find that quote. So it says you cannot uh, find more than four of these on one character, but you can find them again on your alts. You cannot hold more than one at a time, but you can dismantle the rifle. Uh, nothing really happens, but you can get it. You'll get it again. And there there's also no way that anyone knows of to find out how many you've gotten on a character. Oh, interesting. There's no way to track them. Yeah, that makes sense since they don't show up. They don't show up via API and things like Ishtar either. So there's a couple of other things we're going to talk about in this same quest that that happens with. Uh, some other quotes here from the gunsmith. <clears throat> Looky here, one of Rasputin's failed defense mechanisms during the collapse. No good as a weapon, more of a, what do you call it, a curiosity. You find any more out there? Bring him here, yeah? <laughs> failed defense mechanisms. <laughs> Come on. Oh, this giant existential cosmic force of entropy attacked the entire planet. This tiny fusion rifle didn't stop it. What a failure. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Rough banshee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the last one. Another Devalon relic, eh? Almost think you're pawning me fakes. Could always spot a fake. But if you didn't spot it, how would you know, right? Ah, uh, just take the gun and... Thanks, Guardian. Let me know if I any more. Yep. <laughs> he doesn't care anymore. I know. I love banshee. He's like the perfect mix between, like, gruff and professional and really socially awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if these count as breaking down a rare or better fusion rifle. Oh, hmm. I don't know. For uh, Pocket Infinity. Like if you dismantle it? Yeah. Hmm, I don't know. Or for um, uh, Susanoo, right? 
Oh yeah, for Susanu. <clears throat> anyway, he had that conversation with Banshee, and that moves us on to phase two. Uh, eventually. Eventually. Because <laughs> I think most of us probably got those four things in like week one of The Taken King. Yeah, and then And then nothing. nothing. <laughs> yep. Uh, I, remem- I remember the morning this quest first showed up. Well, yeah, the internet blew up. Blew up. So this starts, this kicks off phase two of this whole process, and that is the first firewall. Investigate Vault RAS2 and the source of the strange signal in the Cosmodrome. So when the first firewall as a quest uh, starts off with, The Speaker and the Cryptarch say Rasputin's been all but unresponsive since we found him, but he seems pretty good at getting his point across when he wants, doesn't he? Does he? I mean... <laughs> this is, the speaker and the cryptarch say the Rasputin's been unres- all but unresponsive since we found him. Yeah, except for the part where we brought him back online and he dropped a tactical nuclear strike on Mars. <laughs> <laughs> minor details. Yeah. Again, the cryptarch and the speaker, do they know things? What do they know? <laughs> Nothing, apparently. They're the Jon Snows of destiny. Uh... So this mission involves breaking into Vault RAS2, the same sort of course that takes you on Siege of the Warmind. Uh, and it ends against a fight with a uniquely named Hive Knight, Candorak. Uh, uh, and if you defeat him, you get an item called the Curious Transceiver. But here's something that we didn't know when we first did this quest, is that you have to pay very close attention to how the enemies spawn in this yeah. uh, I think we all just ran in there with shotguns and murdercated them the second they appeared. <laughs> but <laughs> people may not have been paying attention. Uh, but anyway, that drops the Curious Transceiver. Uh, so you get that item, it goes into your inventory and it says, this transceiver is broadcasting a Signal encrypted with a simple passcode. Yeah, simple passcode. Uh, so you, the, you had to activate this transceiver, uh, and nobody quite knew how to activate it. Uh, you could examine it, and it had sort of these lines of Warmind and Rasputin symbols, but nobody was really sure what to do with them other than that you could flip them in, into an either like highlighted or non-highlighted position. Here we go. To activate the transceiver, you have to input the correct codes based on the order that the knights uh, and hive knights, I mean, hive knights and taken knights appeared during the previous first firewall mission. Hive knights representing the top row and taken knights representing the bottom row. The top code is a one, the bottom row is a two. You need to do this four times because there's four waves of knights that appear. Uh, And again, this is something that the community can figure out very quickly just through sort of like hive-minding this. Yeah. But man, if you were running this thing solo, how would you ever figure this out? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's take some, some good paying attention. So you enter those codes in, uh, and once you entered them all correctly, you would get the item would change to the Curious Transceiver Broadcasting. And the description on that read, the transceiver signal is originating from the Devil's Spire in the Cosmodrome. Oh, and it looks like you decrypting it here decrypted it across the whole network. It's a sure bet we're not the only ones listening. <laughs> Whoops. Ghost. <laughs> uh, 
great. So, and this leads us to Shadow Call, which is strange because again, we're going to revisit someplace we've already been and discover something we should have discovered the first time we were there, but mysteriously did not. Uh, <laughs> Shadow Call, race to the top of the Devil's Spire and find the core component before the Taken claim it for Oryx. Uh, so this is a timed mission. You have four minutes to get to the top of the Devil's Spire in a special version of Cade's stash. Uh, you can just skip past everything. You can bolt straight in. Uh, once you get up there at the top, there is a treasure chest just sitting in the middle of the room. <laughs> uh, when you open it, it summons three wizards, two taken, one hive, uh, and you have to defeat them to claim the Ikelos Fusion Core. Uh, I mean, it kind of makes sense to go back to Kate's stash, I guess. Uh, <laughs> it makes sense as a cool challenge to race up it. Yeah. Who put the it's treasure fun. chest there at the top, though? No, I don't know. <laughs> the wizards? <laughs> Are we stealing it from them? They don't look like hive treasure chest. It looks like a regular just silver treasure chest. But <clears throat> Details, man. Uh, so that gives you the Ikelos Fusion Core which reads, uh, looks like the core is missing five key components. We'll have to track them down in order to activate the nodes and restart the core. <clears throat> so that kicks off phase three of the sleeper simulant, which is to repair the fusion core. And we're also going to enter one of, one of the, I think, community angst-driven aspects of any mission, not the most sort of, <laughs> Uh, aggravating aspect of a quest. We'll, we'll, when we talk about the swords, we'll talk about that one. <laughs> uh, but this part here definitely included part of it. So you needed uh, five key components. You need a heavy power coupling, ionized shell harmonics, and three plasma confinement control modules. So the first, the heavy power coupling, which reads, the quantum dots found in any heavy weapon would fit here. Uh, and that just requires breaking down any legendary or higher heavy weapon. And when you do, you'll get an item called the Heavy Power Coupling. Uh, it appears on the right as something you get, but it doesn't actually exist in your inventory. It's not a thing in the <laughs> game. Uh, and it's never explained why, for all the bajillions of heavy weapons we've broken down to this point, we've never gotten one of these things. Uh, you will only ever get it in this part of the quest, and you will never get it again. <laughs> So, I don't know. Uh, but didn't it, so you you were carrying around the fusion core. Didn't it mark off a section on that fusion core? Yes. Yeah. So what you, what you do is you, then you go back to the fusion core and then you select the little note that says heavy power coupling and then you can hit X or whatever weird button you have on a PlayStation controller uh, to sort of like turn on that component. Uh, but that heavy power coupling, which appears on the right in its own unique icon, like it has like artwork associated with it, but never actually goes in your inventory and you'll never see it again. And you'll never get one ever again, even though you'll break down a million heavy weapons. Anyway, uh, quantum dots. <laughs> so uh, I just had a note here about the description says the quantum dots found in any heavy weapon would fit here. Uh, and a quantum dot are also called QDs, are very small particles, uh, often so small that their optical and electromagnetic properties differ from those of larger particles. Uh, it's very, it's a phenomenon that's prevalent in semiconductors. 
So it's a central theme in nanotechnology, which is something that is upcoming for us uh, in Rise of Iron with SIVA. Uh, so, and in the language of materials science, nanoscale semiconductor materials tightly confine either electrons or electron holes. Uh, they're sometimes referred to as an artificial atom. So, I mean, this sort of scientifically makes sense uh, going into building a new heavy weapon with this part of a heavy weapon. Uh, what is the nanotechnology link there between SIVA and the war mines and all that shenanigans? We have no idea. So the next one is ionized shell harmonics. <clears throat> uh, in order to get this, you have to complete uh, the archive on Venus on any difficulty. Uh, the, the description on this reads, Midnight Exigent Ikelo Subroutine Hercules 11 GA Ishtar Archives. This hint was one of the biggest hints for what we would have to do to get Sleeper. Because again, nobody knew all this at the time. Uh, so there was a Forbes article written about the Sleeper. Uh, and through that, some folks on Reddit were starting to break down what the Hercules subroutine might be. Uh, and it was put together that Hercules famously had 11 labors, which is what they think the 11th, the number 11 is, Hercules' 11th labor was finding the golden apples, which is what the GA equals Ishtar archives is believed to be. So the, the clue there was uh, mimic Hercules' 11th trial and find the golden apples. Golden apple is Ishtar archives. Go to the archives mission. Uh, and this ties into a much larger sort of mythological reference here. I'm just going to read this real quick. Uh, because it ties a lot of this together uh, and then we'll talk about the rest of Sleeper so originally in Promethean Code we learned that Cade 6 says that he stole the stealth codes from Rasputin uh, similar to how Prometheus stole fire from Zeus for stealing Prometheus is chained to the mountain to have his liver torn out eaten by an eagle every day uh, similar to how Cade 6 is stuck in the tower as the hunter vanguard uh, presumably not having his liver torn out and eaten every day by an eagle. <laughs> Maybe he's shot in the liver by Hawkmoon every day? I don't know. <laughs> Listen to Zavala telling him off every day. <laughs> uh, I guess that's, that's much worse. Uh, uh, in his 11th labor, Hercules must... Oh, but there's aren't there eagle heads on the Titan? Yeah, he's got, in, he's got the cormorant thing on his arm, so there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> He's the, he's, he's the he eagle. sees it every uh, day. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, for his love with labor, Hercules must steal the golden apples, and in the process of doing so, he rescues Prometheus from imprisonment by Zeus. Uh, as our guardians now rescue Cade Six from his day-to-day -day boredom of being the hunter vanguard by working with him to banish Oryx. Uh, in return, Prometheus tells Hercules the secret to stealing the golden apples, uh, and GA equals Ishtar Archive, uh, on the quest note for the artifact, uh, similar to the, the quest note on the artifact. So in this entire scenario, it seems pretty clear that Prometheus equals Cade, Hercules is the guardian, Rasputin is Zeus, and as we've determined, Zavala is the liver-hungry eagle. <laughs> Thanks, Zavala. <laughs> uh, so that's sort of like a cool sort of like looping tie around to this whole 11th labor of Hercules. But this, oh man, this 
we should get through this and we'll talk about this later, but this blew up sort of the entire sleeper simulant uh, study and, and theories on how you would obtain said thing. Uh, the next are plasma confinement control modules. Uh, there's three of them. Uh, there's Warsat MK19 Terra Rasputin, Warsat MK19 Luna Rasputin, and Warsat Mark 19 Mars Charlemagne. That one is a pain. Yeah. So the That's first. Let's it lightly. First two, not that tough. Warsats drop everywhere. Uh, you can use, as we mentioned at the start of the show, uh, if you use the public events finder, you could discover these pretty quickly. Finding a crash war site on Mars, though, a little bit more difficult. I found that easy. Uh, <laughs> I got it in the Barrens straight did. away. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I did too. I got it in Buried City. The Barrens is the easy uh, one, I think. The beginning bit. Well, it's not anymore. Because Every single event that spawned there was like uh, a uh, important target or whatever. Kill the target. That's, yeah, I had so issues mad. with that one. Every time. I only ever hear the Smash Brothers announcer and that break the target. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, now the Barons one's rough now because you can have the take in there at the same time. So if you're trying to defend the Warsat from the Cabal <laughs> and a, the Taken Major, it's aggravating. Although I guess the same thing can technically happen in the Buried City. Uh, but yeah, that's been a tough one, man. There's been people who just ride around for hours and hours and hours and can never, it just is never a war set. Yeah, I was doing it with uh, one other guy and we actually split up because there were, I guess there's two maps that are somewhat close that it can spawn on. And when we were doing it, the timers were, were very close to spawning the public events at the same time. And we were just chatting. It's like, nope, not yet. Nope, not yet. And we drive around and do it again. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to go get some lunch. I'll, uh, it goes, good luck. I'll, I'll just catch you later. And he went to lunch and came back, and I was still sitting there. And he's like, "Hey, how's it going?" <laughs> he jumps, oh, he, and he jumps back in, and we got it like the next one. I mean, it took us; it was probably two hours uh, before one one showed up, but uh, but it did, and we both got it, and I'm pretty excited. Yeah, because it can it can barrens, also scablands, and then also buried city. I don't think it can spawn anywhere else. In I've never seen one in Valley of the Kings. That's almost always kill the target. I've got the Barrens and the Buried City, and I think, oh, I think there's one other place it can go. Yeah, the Scab lands. It lands just outside the yeah. uh, Cabal base. Oh, okay. That one's that one's kind of brutal because there's little hills in front of you that prevent you from firing out towards the Barrens, and like you'd be like, oh, it's all quiet. Then you'll poke your head over, and there's like fifteen thousand Vex attack you. Yeah, and you yeah, just no, I could barely that. not see them over that little bunker hill. You get the Cabal that attack you from one side, and the Vex attack you from the other. Similar to on the Moon, if you're out in the Hellmouth, where the Fallen attack you from one side and the Hive attack you from the other. Hectic, but awesome. I wish there were more events like that. Uh, but this is the huge. This is another huge clue. This was uh, that the Mars. Warsat was controlled by Charlemagne and not Rasputin. So we've long, long, long posited that Charlemagne is the war mind of Mars. This was a really hard evidence uh, leaning in that direction, saying like, hey, uh, the war mind assets on Mars were controlled by Charlemagne. So it still gives us hope for Charlemagne's vault. Uh, yeah. 
<laughs> uh, which I really, I'm really hoping. Like, we've been to the top of Mars. We've been way, way, way up at the top uh, in, like, what is it? The Dust Palace. Uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we haven't been down deep. So hopefully we'll get to get dig way down deep on Mars and find Charlemagne's vault. So once you have all five of these things, you reactivate the core. Uh, and that just reads, all the components appear to be functioning properly. The fusion core is ready to be restarted. Uh, so you... <laughs> this is great. So you bring it back to Banshee, reassemble Dykelo's fusion core. And he just... Ghost says, okay, so now what? Maybe Banshee 44 would know what to do with this? Uh, and then you bring it to Banshee. <clears throat> and then he said, again, here we go. You bring it to Banshee. This core is like the ones in the Devalon, uh, Devalon relics you found, but better, stronger, newer. Uh, made recently, too. Not compatible with Devalons or any other rifle I've seen. Gonna hang on to this. Give it a closer look. Maybe show it to the city's foundries. Show them what a real weapon looks like. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Why? After hunting forever for that one Martian war set, yeah. you hand it over to Banshee, and he's like, "Okay, I'm taking this. <laughs> Have fun." Uh, but was that another? I think that was the another time gate happened right there. It's like, well, yes. that's that's bonk. Now we don't know what to do, so now we wander around and hope that. <laughs> again, nobody had any idea what was happening when we first started this. Like, there's no clues to what's next uh then phase four opens talk with banshee this is great he says huh thought rasputin didn't have a presence on venus you know Cade mentioned a strange new signal coming from the archives anyway this core isn't as old as the valen prototypes transmitting another signal to cosmodrome grottos rasputin's got a bunker down there uh so this is interesting because it says thought Rasputin didn't have a presence on Venus although we know definitively uh, that Rasputin did have a presence on Venus uh, especially back in the Golden Age we don't know if he was the war mind of Venus but he was an integral part of those Vex fragment cards and telling the story of that team mm-hmm. he was a a key in rescuing these simulations. But unless it's just a, he doesn't have a physical presence on Venus, like a bunker, like a room sort of thing. He's just true, controlling exter- from externally. Yeah. So that could be that. And does, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me that Banshee wouldn't know that. It's not like Banshee sits there and reads Grimoire cards all day. <laughs> he <laughs> ranks cl- them all. What do you mean? We clearly know that he cuts coupons. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and that opened up the Sleep Stirs, uh, which reads, Investigate Vault RAS-2 and the source of the strange signal in the Cosmodrome. Not the same RAS-2, though. I mean, it is the same RAS-2, but a different area. So. so this unlocks on the next day's reset, and you have to complete the Fallen Saber Strike. Something else to... (laughs) It was just another time gate, right? (laughs) Yeah, it was just another time gate. Uh, Although this is fun. I mean, not fun, but interesting. So it's really here. I mean, again, I don't know. I'm saying things that aren't making any sense. Uh, So the RAS2 bunker is enormous, right? Mm -hmm. So you enter it when you enter uh, Siege of the Warmind. You enter it when you enter the Fallen Saber Strike. 
I don't think there's a mission or a patrol available where you, the entire RAS2 bunker is open to us, though. We only get it in these chunks. Yeah, huh. they're not connected. So. They're not we're, They're not connected in a way that we can access anyway. I mean, yeah. obviously they are connected, but yeah. they're not you, open. If you go to the RAS2 bunker in Siege of the Warmind and you run past all the hive, instead of going left where you'd normally f- go to fight Omnigul, mm-hmm. if you keep going deeper into RAS2 and you put yourself right up against the door, you can trigger your radar and you can hear a servitor back there uh, and a couple shanks. I've never been able to damage them or fly- with sparrows, you can't hack through the wall anymore. Uh, and there's no, I've tried to break the geometry like crazy getting in there, but you can't, but there are like they're connected and the zones behind that door are alive, even though they're inaccessible during that mission. Uh, and there are fallen in there. So I don't know if that's another thing that will maybe be opened up one time. If it's just, I, it's tough to tell where that door is, uh, based on the entrance, but uh, maybe I'll just go down there and try and map it out. Uh, there's not a lot of servitors down there, even when you're running uh, Fallen Saber. But anyway, yeah, go down there and stick your ear to the door. You can definitely hear the the take the Fallen in there. So, <clears throat> yeah. So then we talk to Banshee and we get Sleeper, right? There you go. Yeah, so this is a sleeper simulant weapon frame. Uh, bunker perimeter defenses have repeatedly failed, calling new mechanism Ikelos purpose. And we'll, oh, we read that. Uh, talk with Banshee, and Banshee says, the reactivated fusion core fits this weapon frame like a dream. Do you dream about guns, Banshee? Probably uh, does. <laughs> damn. Damn. Now that's one hell of a weapon. Rasputin didn't have anything else to say. Reckon we should be thanking it. I like that Banshee refers to Rasputin as it. And not him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, and that gives you sleeper simulant. And now you can just sort of like bolt through it. Although I think first firewall doesn't always pop up to be available to kick it all off. But once you can kick it off, I don't think there's a lot of like unknowns and time gating that happens. You can just sort of go and do all the stuff. But yeah, that was all the that's everything we had to go through. Uh to originally get Sleeper, and then we got it, and it was a little bit underwhelming. Uh, <laughs> Expectations were not appropriately leveled. Yes, I mean, given the way, who was it? Game Informer? Yeah, yeah. The yeah, way so that it was portrayed just put people's expectations at such a ridiculous level. I mean, they, they called it the new Gallahorn, and it's, I mean, it's not, because they didn't want a new Gallahorn. Also, because swords are the new Gallahorn, but anyway. <laughs> um. So, but yeah, this this gun, yeah, was the hype was huge for it. This quest was crazy. You know, it was the Game Informer thing hyped up real big, and then we got it, and it's a laser gun. And it's a cool laser gun. It looks awesome. Yeah. So the design is second to none. Uh, but yeah, it was... People were expecting, I don't know, they were expecting like a, a Warsat to appear. Uh, I think they were expecting... <laughs> they were going to shoot Warsats? <laughs> well, no. Yeah, that would be awesome. Uh, <laughs> or like the Hammer of Dawn from Gears of War, where you yeah. paint something with the laser, and then an orbital bombardment just comes straight down on top of a thing. Okay, yeah, that'd be awesome too. Uh, 
But that's not what it was. It was a, a bouncy laser gun. Uh, but, I mean, the community was just bonkers over it. I mean, they, they made a... there was a, It had its own subreddit. Yeah. Well, that's... Search that's, for yeah. the sleeper. Like, yep. Let's, that's crazy. Let's, uh... Let's talk about some of the, the wackiness that happened during the, the search for a sleeper. <clears throat> and where our sort of design came from and like a few other fun notes. Uh, so this is from the concept artist uh, Jesse Van Schick. Dijik? I'm just going to call him a Dijin. He's like a wizard or a he's a genie. He makes magic happen. Uh, <clears throat> we wanted a gun that matched the theme of cutting edge technology <clears throat> that was still in its infancy but bears the hallmarks of a prototype that is not ready for mass distribution. We latched onto that theme for Sleeper Simulant and also looked at images from NASA such as the Mars rover. Uh, and the gun is very much very clearly is a Rasputin and Warmind thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, so, <clears throat> when it comes to exotics, anything goes. This is gameplay designer John Wisniewski. Wisniewski? I'm bad. I, this name's been said out loud, too, on <laughs> live streams, and I've just not remembered how it's pronounced. Yeah, it's, so it's Wisniewski. Okay. Sorry, John. I apologize. Uh, we have a joke that the design pod that we spend all this time building all these rules for how combat works and then when we make an exotic we pick a rule to break for the sleeper simulant our idea was to take a weapon archetype and move it out of its current role as a primary weapon and make it a heavy so I don't and as you point out Gamble <laughs> not a primary not a primary but still close enough yeah. It'd, be, it'd be awesome if we had a primary fusion rifle, would it be? Yeah, it'd be the Vex Mythoclast. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> pretty awesome. Which is pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Another quote from him, uh, we went back and forth on depth of view with this gun. The nature of the gun is that you want players to take it into a base and fire it off and watch it ping pong around the environment and hit multiple guys. But in actual play, players kept wanting to use it like a precision weapon and they would charge up their shots and try to take out their targets from a distance and continually miss. So we started playing with the zoom and trying to dial that in so we could help them out a bit. Charge time was another issue. We wanted the gun to feel really heavy and feel powerful, but at first it was too slow and took a long time to charge up, so players didn't want to use it. Correct. I mean, I don't know anybody who just randomly willy-nilly fires this gun around. Uh, yeah, no, you always aim aim for the yeah. It has Why a hip it has a hip fire perk, correct? I believe so. Yes, it does. It yeah. does. But I don't yeah, I everybody never hip fire it. Yeah, everybody I know uses this as a precision weapon. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to anymore. I'm just going to walk into a room and just start firing it off everywhere. <laughs> just be like, I'm doing it right. They said Count do this thing and I'm doing this thing. <laughs> Count how many shots it takes before you vaporize yourself <laughs> <laughs> or even one enemy. <laughs> Uh, I mean, it feels great now. Uh, I think they definitely made... The gun feels heavy when you use it. Like, it feels like you're firing off a powerful weapon. The charge time definitely contributes to that. You know, and seeing five and six digits pop up every time you shoot it also helps. Uh, but yeah, we use this as a precision weapon. Like, I, I mean, you were with us, Gabble, when we did the uh, the one-cycle War Priest. Yep. <laughs> With sleeper, because everybody was just using it as a precision weapon, uh, 
and we melted him. That was awesome. <laughs> that was great. All those Spartan lasers. Yeah. <laughs> the Spartan laser. Oh, man. Spartan laser was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> so perhaps an unintended consequence of the special ammo nerf is that a gun like Sleeper becomes much more attractive compared to the back Black Spindle in situations like the War Priest encounter where you can no longer carry enough sniper rounds to last an entire DPS phase. Uh, also, this thing just melts Atheon. Yeah. <laughs> I believe... Uh-huh. Titans can get 16 shots in a sleeper. Is it 16 or is it 15? I think it's 16. Because if you have armamentarium and you have the old school heavy weapon boots, yeah, you can really pack a lot of shots into sleeper. So, and then I wonder, and I have to go back and look at the footage, but I wonder of how many of our sleeper shots against a war priest ricocheted for extra damage. Versus That's a good question, yeah. <laughs> versus everyone just landing tons and tons of precision hits. Uh, but I, I still use this gun just sort of like running around. Uh, again, when I'm... Especially on my Titan, because I main raise lighter on my Titan as my, as my heavy... It's not always feasible to be using Ray's Lighter against, like, gigantic Taken bosses. Uh, <laughs> so if I'm hunting Taken, I have a very particular build, and that includes either uh, Dragon's Breath or the Sleeper Simulant. Sleeper, and it's so much fun to just hit. Like, if you go out and just shoot a Dreg with Sleeper, like, <laughs> it's, like, one of the biggest overkills you can possibly get in the entire game. It's so funny. It's like Nova bombing a Shank. <laughs> yeah. And they just, like, mist away into orange mist, and the beam is, like, continuously bouncing all over the Cosmodrome with this one dude's already gone. I have uh, to do that now. Oh, we have to link that video. Did you see the, the video of the they, like, they fire off the sleeper on Earth, and they, they show it ricocheting off all these different yes. planets and stuff? <laughs> yes. the, the video was so good. What is it? It was, it was on Movie of the Week, like, two weeks ago or yeah. something. I love that one. I'll make sure we link it in the show notes. Yeah, that video is so funny. Uh, also, yeah, melts Atheon. Woof. Yeah. Like, not even funny. The, temp- the Templar, too, but detainment bubbles count as a hard surface. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> I have Dude. definitely killed myself. <laughs> you should have been using super good advice. I know. <laughs> yeah, detainment bubbles, not. And it's funny how it shares that probably that, like, anybody who ran in Vault of Glass, I mean, even people who still run do not use a rocket launcher against. Uh, anything with a detainment bubble, because you'll—I guarantee—you'll blow yourself up. Uh, yep. But, yeah, but it's—it's it's just weird that, like, okay, so a detainment bubble counts as a hard surface. The shield, uh, the shield bubble that you get from the Aegis when you're shooting Atheon does not. Correct. Like, what? Ward of Dawn counts as a hard surface. Yeah. <laughs> you will learn that the hard way is a Titan with a sleeper simulant. Oh, <laughs> well, I. I learned that the hard way playing with other titans who liked to follow me and put bubbles on me when I was using my rocket launcher. Aww, <laughs> that's mean. <sighs> that is pretty mean. But it hilarious. was hilarious, <laughs> but it was mean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my brother. My brother was Gallerhorn's biggest fan, and he's become a huge fan of the sleeper. He loves just busting it out on against anything. <laughs> it was his idea to use it against a war priest. Oh yeah, that was a great one. 
And then you have a note here, Sleeper may be the only gun that inspired its own subreddit. The quest for this weapon is the stuff of legend with dozens, possibly even hundreds of community members, including a writer from Forbes, coming up with elaborate theories to unravel the mysteries of its acquisition. Uh, yeah. You can still find those threads on Reddit. Uh, but there's a couple of great ones. There was there was a great breakdown about how the ten labors of Hercules aligned with the <laughs> ten year one moments of triumph. Oh wow! So maybe you had to have the moments of triumph complete before you could undertake Hercules' eleventh trial, which was to find the golden apples in the archive. Jeez. Yeah, I mean all kinds of stuff like that. Uh, the secret raid room in Cade's stash, or the secret room in Cade's stash in the secret raid room with the basketball hoops in King's Fall, possibly leading into the mystery of Sleeper. Uh, stuff being dug out of the database, like people pointing in all kinds of different directions with what it could possibly be, when things would get unlocked, when they couldn't get unlocked. Uh, Using the collector's map in, that came with the collector's edition for Cade's journal and mm -hmm, trying to mm -hmm. decipher the Russian that was in the codes on the map <laughs> like that you get with the Cade's collector's edition. Like, all, yeah. It was crazy. Like, so many screenshots of, of like monitors inside <laughs> the RS oh, bunkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, and and I feel like I mean and it's 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 not like it's Bungie's fault that the community went nuts over this thing, right? But yeah. it's when you had all these people coming up with all these ideas and and putting so much time and effort into it, and ultimately the answer was wait for these the series of time gates to be over. Yeah, like I feel like that actually like harmed the popularity of this gun more than its actual initial underwhelming nature like people were just so like i don't even want to shoot it now yeah after all that there's i'm just gonna use something else <laughs> it was, there was i mean there's just what were some other good oh there was one about uh <clears throat> hercules stealing the apples uh although athena later returned the apples to the garden uh, so that linked to the weapon Apple of Discord which is a weapon in Destiny uh, but in mythology the Apple of Discord was used by Eris <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> to win a contest on Olympus so that there was that whole thing then there was the Atalata's hunt ship which tied back to Athena uh Oh man! So there was like, did you have to sh get a, something from Eris and then shoot things with the Apple of Discord and <laughs> uh, the the Vex research? Its similarities to like having to shoot things. Oh, there was a whole thing with Pocket Infinity being a doorway, and possibly having, oh yeah, using yeah. Pocket Infinity to open doors. Like, <laughs> well, and then um um oh, was it somebody posted screen? Because this was uh, oh man. I want to say somebody posted a screenshot of some people from Bungie in the Vault of Glass, and one of the Bungie employees had Pocket Infinity on, and they're like, "See, look, that's the hint." And it was <laughs> the, the the hidden chest. Yeah. Yeah. So there was 
there's a lot of really deep sort of like speculation and theory craft that went on around uh, around this weapon only to have it only be time gates so <laughs> I noticed that all the artifacts are mark 19 I'm not sure what this points to although every time I see 19 I can only think of the dark tower which could be a reference to the other tower that's now abandoned the one <laughs> the crucible map is on <laughs> Yeah, and uh, and that so that that subreddit still exists. You yeah, can, you can go and you can relive the glory days of the sleeper mystery. Yeah, just search for the sleeper simulant. Uh, yeah, man, that was. If anything, like if we're looking back from year three at year two of sort of things that defined year two, I think the hunt for sleeper will definitely, definitely, definitely be a big part of of what defined year two for a lot of us. Crazy times. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Did we really just do only two heavy machine guns and one fusion rifle? Yes. In two hours? Yeah. In did two I hours? Not say, did I not say we wouldn't make through it all? <laughs> wow. Sherb, you are 100% correct on this one. <laughs> Maybe we're going to have to leave swords and rocket launchers for the next one. Yeah, I one. think so. We've got three swords to get through. Yeah, I've got three, well, and three rocket launchers. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's another two hour plus episode easy mm -hmm. considering the swords and the rocket launcher the specific ones yeah yeah all right well i apologize for talking so much about dragon's breath and then not getting to it yeah uh, <laughs> next time well so yeah so next time i mean we've got we got a few uh galahorn stories so maybe we'll read some of those next time so if you have any you need to send to us uh Get them to us in an email at destinyghoststories at gmail.com and uh, we'll see how, how many we get. And like we said before, that could warrant its own episode just kind of talking about about uh, user and listener experiences. That'd be, that'd be fun. Like I said, it'd be a little throwback to our listener questions, one that we could maybe pop off one week. And people, since we're going to be covering Swords next episode, we should have people like either tweet at us or send us, what's your favorite exotic sword uh, I'd love to get like just as an informal survey let, I'd love to see what the most popular <laughs> one is the correct answer is bolt caster yes the correct answer is always bolt caster <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah we have good stuff to talk about with swords too but we'll we'll leave it here for now uh, if you haven't fired off your sleeper in a while take it out there just just go shoot dregs use a heavy ammo synth <laughs> yeah shoot dregs just find something hilarious to shoot with with the sleeper it's so much fun i want to find uh, a tiny little room like one of those ones on the moon where you find the chest and stuff and go in there and shoot it and see how many times it bounces around. you should go to um the cosmodrome when you're heading up into that dark room where all the thrall chase you at first and there's those two dregs in that little room lots of hard surfaces you should kill them with sleeper <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then you should bring a friend and you should reenact those Larry Bird versus Michael Jordan nothing but net <laughs> McDonald's commercials. Dude. And be like, <laughs> off the tank, off the plane wing, off that building, nothing but drag. <laughs> oh, send us send us an animated GIF or a video of your best sleeper simulant shot. Oh, <laughs> it falls right in line with our, uh, our screenshot competition or whatever. 
Oh man, I want there's got to be a collection of anime. I want to be the biggest repository of animated gifts of people killing themselves with sleeper or making like <laughs> the best crazy banked off sleeper simulant shots. <clears throat> nice, yeah, that'll do it. All right. <laughs> also, take out go take out your Thunderlord. Yeah. Hope, I hope, man. If it's Arc Burn this week, Thunderlord all the way. Uh huh. Go plunder Palamon. What? <laughs> I, I didn't want to say anything. I was going to pretend he didn't say that word. Oh, I shouldn't say that word? <laughs> wow. And that's super good advice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. That does it for <laughs> Exotic Heavies Part 1. Uh, Thunderlord, super silent advice. Uh, and sleeper simulant. Great. Yeah. Right. Okay, thanks. <laughs> cool. I guess I'll just leave yeah. it at that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was that was awesome. Let's uh man, let's hit it up next time and finish up these exotics and and thanks everybody for tuning in again. We will uh we'll see y'all next time. Yeah, we'll see you next time for swords and gather awesome. Bye. <laughs> 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 <laughs>